we're really spoiled having all that coffee, you know? Yeah. We really yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Bridge Podcast. And um, today we've got a special episode, and uh, it's, it's going to be all on the topic of Easter, which, of course, is important to the lives of believers. And if you're an unbeliever, then I think you should also listen up because it can be quite important, too. <laughs> I'm Andrew Jackson, Director of Marketing. And The Bridge Podcast is normally sponsored by the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel and restaurant, uh, Victoria's Restaurant, in fact. You know, we went there, uh, my brother and I and our wives, we had a wonderful night out. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful evening on the beach, just enjoying the surf and having a dessert. It was great. Roger, you've been, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. This is the time of the year to begin thinking about that. Right. Well, and it's not so busy because it's the off season, right? So. Yep. Absolutely. So, Roger Marino, you're with Mount Air Farms, and you're one of the big reasons that we're here today while we're having this special episode on the topic of Easter. We've invited a number of pastors uh, who serve this region faithfully for years, and Mount Air Farms at Easter has a special activity that they do. Is that right? Correct. You know, we're, uh, we're a Christian-based uh, company with a culture of uh, feeding thousands of people and working with thousands of people, doing the right things in the community where we live, work, play, and pray. And, uh, and this year, this time of the year, uh, we will um, be providing food for 11,000 uh, needy persons who would might not have had a, uh, a dinner right. on the day that Jesus Christ rose to save us all. That's a big tradition in most families, a nice Easter dinner, sit down, after church on Resurrection Sunday, you go and you have a meal. You are grateful for what you've been provided. And there are people without that benefit, right? Well, absolutely. You know, if people think that uh, this is uh, something new, uh, feeding those who are in need. But we've been doing it for many years, 25 years. And the need is there. The need is out, out there. For one reason or another, somebody doesn't get a meal especially on a, on a holiday like this. Um, and, uh, and we want to bring them together. We want them mm -hmm. to come together. We want them to be able to sit and bring their neighbors together. So Absolutely. if they take our food, they want to, in their own culture, they want to make it into something different, that's fine. But we give them the basics with Wonderful. a large roaster, uh, you know, a seven-pound roaster chicken. They can use that any way they want, right. along yeah. with the, the staples, you know, the, the boxed food, the canned food. Well, I think it's excellent. And this is just part of uh, uh, three big events that fall under the Thanksgiving for Thousands umbrella. Is that right? Correct. Thanksgiving at, uh, in November. Yep. Um, we call that Thanksgiving for Thousands. Then there's Thanksgiving at, e at Christmas. Okay. And then Thanksgiving at Easter. That's wonderful. Um, three times a year to give thanks for all the good things that the good Lord has done for us. Absolutely. And how, ma how many, uh, what would you estimate these 25 years, how many people have you fed? 25 years this year, we will have uh, fed or provided food mm -hmm. for 1 million people on Delmarva. Wow. wow. That's phenomenal. You're going to have to update the name. It can't be Thanksgiving for thousands anymore. It's, it's millions now. <laughs> well, yeah. Roger, we really appreciate yeah. the idea that Mount Air Farms had to bring together pastors on the shore to discuss one of the most important events in the Christian life. So thank you very much. We yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. And I think everybody should know really what, uh, what Easter is all about. There's so many people who don't know that. And, uh, and uh, this station provides an avenue for those persons to, uh, to be able to listen in a uh, in a in a non-judgmental way 
uh, as to really what Easter is all about. Yes. And maybe, yep. maybe we'll have some saved. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, Roger. All right. So when I was a kid at Easter, we always hunted for eggs. In your family, do you hunt for Easter eggs? Esther Bruce, do you, do you hunt for Easter eggs? I am Bruce Rogers from the Long Neck United Methodist Church. And as a kid, I did not. And there is a reason for that. It's not theological. It was the fact that I was a farm boy and we had chickens all over the place. So you hmm. didn't have Easter eggs floating around when you were on a farm. All right. My name's Mark McGee, I'm senior minister at The Crossing. And my family did not um, look for Easter eggs. And I remember my mom specific, specifically telling me it would, it would be a distraction for what Easter was really about. I'm Mark Massey with the River Church in Berlin. We didn't necessarily hunt Easter eggs, but Easter candy. And my mother had it scattered all over the house, and we would go and grab all the chocolate we can because I had two brothers and a sister, so it was very competitive. I'm Pastor Ryan from Calvary Church in Dover, Delaware, and uh, we really didn't have time to go look for eggs. So we were really serving at the church, kind of kind of busy with that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a PK, so I'm a pastor's kid. So I was helping my parents set everything up. <laughs> so that was, my, that was my Easter. And I'm Mark Dickey. I'm the third Mark on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, my mom had the brilliant idea of, uh, she found camouflage eggs. And so they were extra hard to find in the yard. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Easter today, specifically Easter Sunday. And um, we're so glad you guys are here and able to talk with us about just unpacking Easter Sunday as a whole. And just to get it out of the way, I want to give a brief synopsis. Maybe someone hasn't been to church on Easter. You know, what's going on with Easter? Last week's podcast, we explained what sin is and why God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Uh, Man used to have to sacrifice animals to pay for their sins, and Jesus put an end to that by becoming the Lamb of God. Uh, He was the only perfect man who could pay for the sins of mankind. So Jesus died on the cross, was buried in a tomb, and it could have ended there. That could have been it, but it didn't. Uh, Instead, Jesus defeated death, or uh, as one of my favorite songs puts it, ain't no grave can hold my body down. (laughs) Uh, so what's to me, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, what's the point? Why, why, if Jesus paid for our sins, why did he have to come back from the dead? Well, um, Jesus showed us that, um, he has power over sin and death, not just through the cross, but the resurrection. And so his life is again, light towards what we receive when we believe in him. And um, I love what he says in John 11 to Martha when, he's, when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And um, whoever believes in me, you know, will, will also live again. And he asked her, do you believe this? And that was right after he rose Lazarus from the dead in John 11. So, uh, so he does it before he even goes to the cross and to the grave and rises again. So it's just proof um, that we have something to believe in that we have. When we have faith in Christ, we find forgiveness of sin, a payment for, for our sin on the cross, but then we find that we have eternal life after, after death. Yeah, and if he stayed in the grave, great that he died for our sin, but where's the victory in that? You know, mm-hmm. if, if he had stayed in the grave, sin won. Yeah. The, the, the enemy won and showed that the powers, you know, whoever has the greatest power is the one that wins it all. 
But by coming out of that grave, God showed his favor and said, there's victory in this. And if you live this way, if you live the way my son has taught you to live, you will have life. And that has no hold on you. Plus, when he said uh, he had to resurrect because he said uh, that he would, (laughs) you know, he would have been a liar right from the get-go, but he proved himself. And then um, when you really study Scripture and realize who Jesus is as God in the flesh, you really can't kill God. Mm -hmm. And so he had to. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just another prophet. He's just another man who walked the earth, and he uh, he just tells a good story. And without that resurrection, we really have nothing to look forward to, nothing to believe in. And it's part of that whole continuum of the Easter story. It was a promise, and it was a promise to all of us. And it was that death can't hold us, that, that, that yeah. the victory over sin means that we too have eternal life, that, that we may go in the ground, but that is not the end of our being. That is, that is not why we do what we do. It is our belief. It's our hope. It's our, it's our faith, and, uh, and, and you're right. Nothing can contain God, mm. and, and it's just we human beings need to have things proven to us. You, know, you make a good point because I'm scratching my head right now, and I'm thinking to myself, you said that Jesus walked the earth. He was a prophet, but then he fulfilled this promise that he made that he would die for our sins and be resurrected. Right. This means, let me just clear up the word in case it's Latin to anyone out there, rose from the dead. <laughs> this is a man mm-hmm. who came back to life. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that every day. That's tough. That's right. tough to chew on. So I, I have a quick question for all four of you. If, if this thing happened, really happened, then there's got to be some evidence or historic record. There's got to be something there that I can maybe put my hands on just to, to help solidify that a little bit more or you know and and forget the phrasing but do i have to take all this just on faith i mean where where do we go after he's died and rose from the dead well the bible itself uh doesn't try to um shy away or hide the doubts of his closest followers uh, mary and martha they actually went to the tomb days later to actually anoint his body with oil and to put spices in there to help preserve and to, it's a it's a ceremony of mourning so here they are the closest followers he had mm-hmm. spent a ton of time with him um along with the 12 disciples and here they are going to the tomb to visit to do this the bible shows that the bible doesn't try to hide that so in fact it's showing that even they struggled to believe or understand what he was going to do and that would have been a ceremony that others would have gone through. They would have, yes. you know, that would have been part of the culture anyway. It was a custom there. Right. Yeah. So they would have expected to head down there mm-hmm. and do that, that ritual or that, exactly. that custom. It's almost like it didn't click yet. Right. I, I love you know, it in Matthew. Yeah. Jesus is resurrected. He says, tell him I'll meet him in Galilee. The disciples show up and they said, and they worshiped and some doubted. Yeah. Hold on, he's right there in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> How much more proof do you need? Yeah. 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 And it wasn't just to the 12, I mean, you know, 500 plus, right? right? Yeah, yeah. They showed himself. Yeah. And I, I would want to ask the skeptic, well, then produce his body. Mm, yeah. you right. Know, you know, we, we celebrate tombs of people whose bones are there. You can still go visit. Yeah, you yep. can visit all kinds of people in history, but you're, yeah. you're not going to find the bones of Jesus. That's right. Because he came out. And it's, as hard-headed as the disciples were throughout. I mean, Jesus, how long do I have to put up with you all? Right. <laughs> how dull can you all be? Throughout all that, then here they come to the point where they're, they're not going to 
their lives aren't going to change the way it did if they didn't actually witness and experience a resurrection right. like they like Jesus had. I mean, there's just there's no way somebody's going to do that and give their lives for something that they're making up. Right. right. Like you said, give their lives for yeah, something they died for because it. they did die for it. Yes. And uh, you're not going to just do that after hearing a pep talk or a preacher say, rah, rah, let's go. Right. No, that's that's a big monumental shift. Yeah, they get whipped and then they yep. celebrate that they were worthy to be whipped for Jesus. <laughs> right. You don't just do that. Right. No. <laughs> no. Yep. You started out with a concept. You said, you know, here's this man that came back from the dead. And we don't believe that it was a man that came back from the dead. It was God. It was God incarnate that came back from the dead. Right. The grave can't hold God. The grave can't hold that man. It had to be done. And, and I like a few days later, you know, I, I love Thomas. In our church, I always, I always frown on people when they call him Doubting Thomas. You know, that's a okay. nickname we always call him. Sure. I, Thomas is very human. Thomas is like the rest of us. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm going to put my finger in this hole. I want to put my mm -hmm. finger here. And then Christ appears. It's interesting in that in that whole dynamic because everybody else is sitting around saying, "Oh, Thomas, why don't you believe? Why don't you believe?" We forget that the week before they had seen Christ, so they've already had that episode. Thomas is Thomas has the faith when when Jesus says to him, "Blessed are they who believe and have not yet seen." Yeah. It's part of what makes us the believers that we are. You have to be able to have faith. You have to be able to, to, to sign on to something you can't, not, can't necessarily see, taste, touch, feel, hear, but you experience. And, and if he didn't come back, then we're all just leading a big lie. Archaeologically, you can look back and see that Christ walked the time that he walked and where he was and what he did. It's, it's part of our, fiber, our, our very fabric, and the Holy Spirit gives us that breath and gives us that belief. Yes, if you've got someone who's an absolute skeptic, a skeptic is better than a non-believer because at least a skeptic you can talk to. Um, it, it, we've got the ability, I think, to look at and to point the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in the New Testament. It's a continuing story. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So it's a bit of a blend, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a historic fact, something that happened, and taken on faith as well. Right. Okay. So I'm just going to back up a little bit more because there's some popular TV shows out there, a lot of good books revolving around this idea of zombies and raising from the dead. <laughs> I'm still having a little bit of a hard time. This is a this is big, okay? Yeah. Raising from the dead. Now, several of you have mentioned Lazarus, right? That was he was 3 days right. in the grave, right? Mm -hmm. So there had to be some trouble there when he and I'm waving yeah. my hand in front yeah. of my nose, but <laughs> four days. Yeah. I mean, that's rough. Um, but that occurred, mm -hmm. and yeah. Christ brought him out of the grave. Um, so people had seen evidence of this, right? And yeah. now Christ returns from the grave. What's that picture look like? How am I supposed to really, how do I buy that? Yeah. Well, I think it intrigues everybody. Right? It's, it, it's, it's very it's what, intriguing. It's what is our hope, you know, the world might present it as zombies, but they're still rallying around. There's life after death, and that's our hope. That's why we would choose this and live for it, because we too, after, you know, we may be buried in the ground someday in a coffin, but there's a resurrection. And I think the greatest illustration uh, is, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm in the farming community. Plant a seed of corn, guess what? It dies. Mm -hmm. And life comes back up. Yep. We're intrigued. Mm -hmm. We all want it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the difference with Lazarus is Lazarus rose to die again. He's not still walking around. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and Jesus in his resurrected, glorified body, I mean, the part that gets me is he's walking through doors and locked rooms, but they're still able to touch him and yeah. feel the wounds. And then he, he eats fish with them. You know, right. 
Right. How's that work? You know, it, it, because he's God. Yeah. Know? That's an not. important point, right? It wasn't that he was, he didn't rise from the dead like Lazarus, who was a man who had to die again. Right. He rose and had this new body, a new, and even beyond that, I'm sure, it's something that we can't even grasp on this side of heaven. Yeah. So I think it's, it's hard for us nowadays, you know, 2,000 some years removed from this event. Hmm. Um, you know, you had to think about going back then into that time. Um, something definitely changed in Jerusalem from that day forward and in Israel. I mean, Peter was the man who denied Jesus three times. And then all of a sudden, um, he must have seen Jesus. He actually sprinted to the tomb to find out if the women were telling the truth. Because women's testimonies were actually not something that they trusted because mm. of the culture back then. So it's interesting that Jesus would show up to women first, actually. you think they, that Jesus would show up first to the apostles to help verify that he really has r- risen again. But instead, he actually uh, showed himself to, to women first. So Peter seems to like go, let me go check this out. So Peter goes to check it out. Now, if I'm, if I'm Peter, I'm, I'm feeling like I really want to see if he is alive because I, I denied him three times, and I got some unfinished business. He does, and, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to fix this. And you know what Jesus does? He actually does meet with Peter and reinstates him, so to say. He, he says, I still love you. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. You know, three times he asks him, do you love me? Mm-hmm. This is the same man later on in Acts 2 that preaches a sermon, and over 3,000 people give their life to right. Christ. That's evidence that the resurrection happened. Yeah. But even today, Christianity exploded from that point forward on because of the resurrection is what we believe. That's the evidence. Right. Not just because of a movement. Right. Not just because of a good belief system. Not just right. because of good morals or values or a way right. to live. But because there's evidence and proof Tangible. of yes. real life after death yes. and a risen Savior. Yep. So well, that's powerful. That's the one thing that mankind has yet to be able to do is to stop us from dying. We've made great advances mm-hmm. in just about everything that's available to us, but you know, we're all going to die eventually. That is the yeah. one thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you think that's the one thing we can't control as human beings, and it's the one thing we want to control, to have that symbolism, in addition to everything else that it stands for, but to have the symbolism that the grave can't hold Christ. That's right. That's the resurrection that we all pray for. We may be in a box somewhere in the ground sometime, but we know that that's not where we stay. Mm-hmm. That is not our final resting point. And, and that's the proof and the promise. And yeah, there's a, there's a degree of faith in it. But you know, we leave here and we go out on the road and we have a degree of faith that the person who comes up to the stop sign is going to stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they do, we're safe. If they don't, we're in trouble. All of what we do is about faith. So then let me ask you about the significance of the resurrection um, to our lives and, and to our faith. We discussed on a previous podcast about the cross and how the sacrifice of Christ wiped away our sins. Mm-hmm. Okay, that now that our sins are forgiven, what would have happened if Christ didn't rise? Would would what if Jesus died for our sins but didn't rise from the dead? What would that have done? You know, to the story of what the outcome he was trying to uh, create. And Paul says, if there is no resurrection. There's no hope. There, there's nothing. Eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. There is no hope apart from the resurrection. And then he continues on. He's, I love it at the end um, of 1 Corinthians 15 where he talks about He says, and he shares that victory with us right. over sin and death. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we've got that victory. We just don't walk in it often enough, I believe. But uh, you know, we, may, we may die, but we will live again, just like the seed planted. It yeah. dies, but... There's life 
The only reason it's a conversation today is because it happened. If resurrection <laughs> didn't happen, That's we wouldn't point. be talking right. That's a good point. about it. Right. Yeah. And it's proof. It's proof that he died for our sins. If he would have died or said that he died for our sins and stayed there, there would be no proof as yeah. to anything else. Absolutely. It would all have just been, it could have all been made up, uh, like the leaders of the day. You know, the leaders of the day thought that maybe the apostles had stolen his body. Right. Um, but without him rising, we've got that question mark. We've got a lack of closing the story, if you will. Death is still one. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he won the victory over sin, but he didn't win the victory over death if he stayed in the grave. Right. But when exactly. he came out, it showed it's that dual victory. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's an important jumping off point. You keep mentioning victory and this victory in our lives and victory over death. Um, how, in what ways does the resurrection affect us individually, as, as individuals? Um, not as a you know, body of believers, not as a, a group of uh, you know, pastors or as a, you know, a radio station that's proclaiming the same, but how does it affect an individual? When, you, when, you raised, um, when Christ came back, he, he also, as I already alluded to with Peter, changed his whole level of confidence and demeanor, his actions, his heart. Um, he went from despair to joy to preaching. So I think it's an inner change as well. I know personally for me, I stand on the resurrection as truth and fact. And because of that, I sleep good at night. Like I know that if I were to pass away in the middle of the night, I know where I would end up, and that's in the arms of God and in eternal life. So my inheritance is in heaven or with him by his side. Um, so for me, I just I walk with peace. And um, because I have studied the, the facts behind it, not just the faith mm-hmm. behind it, I do really walk with confidence uh, and, like you're saying, in victory. And, and I look on the spiritual side. I'm called to die to myself. And that's what baptism reveals. I'm dying to myself and I rise again as a new person. That's resurrection life. Mm-hmm. So I'm dying and resurrected again. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You know, it's mm-hmm. this new life that we have. It doesn't happen without the resurrection. <laughs> well, I love the word victory too. And, and really in Acts 2 uh, that was previously mentioned, uh, Peter promises these people an offer of two things really. You know, mm-hmm. it's a complete package, but... For uh, total forgiveness of all sin. Yeah. By the way, they were guilty of a murdering lot. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then the presence of his spirit in their life. Yeah. And he promises, those two things are promised to every, everyone who surrenders to Christ. So yeah. every day, as a Christ follower, I wake up realizing I live in freedom from total for, in total forgiveness and have his spirit. That's right. So, you know. Me and God can conquer anything today, you know, 95% him, but <laughs> yeah, that's victory. That's victory. Uh, I'll take five. Those yeah. are good odds. Well, all right. 99% him. Very good odds. <laughs> and that's right. I mean, if you think about it, as, as Ryan said, I mean, the, the fact that we know that none of, us want to, none of us want today to be our last day on this earth, but we all know that if something happens, that's all it is. It's our last day on earth. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And, and just as yeah. the grave couldn't hold him as true believers, as, as those who have accepted Christ and, and those who have been redeemed and forgiven, yeah. this is just a temporary passage for all mm-hmm. of us. It and, is. And I can't imagine how people can go through life not having some faith mm-hmm. other than in themselves. Yeah. It must be really lonely. I heard someone once say that death is the doorstep into true life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, I love that because what Christ 
well, first of all, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. So the life is wherever Jesus is, and that's where I want to be. And so that's real life. That's true life is wherever Jesus is, and uh, I'm excited for that. You know, this life is is a privilege to live and a joy to have and, and embrace, and we should be good stewards of this life and what we the time we have been given. But there's no doubt, I'm I really am looking forward more to the next life, which is true life in Christ. Yeah, I fully. I love that lyric in in the song where it says, uh, "When we've been there ten thousand years." Yeah, but, mm. Whoa. I mean, we get maybe 75, 80 here, right? So <laughs> 10,000 just seems like an incredible amount of time. We're going to have a lot to discuss with him, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So until we get there, until we experience um, our own resurrection in the new body, um, which was unlocked you know, through his resurrection, um, this event of Resurrection Sunday on Easter, Easter Sunday, um, how do your churches and your families, and how do you individually, how do you celebrate or honor that day? What are you doing? Um, and I ask you, as a pastor, uh, what does your church do to invite the seeker or to, to serve or, or walk with the believer through that Sunday? One of my favorite services of the year, and we planted this church, and before we ever had our first real service, we had a service down on the beach in Ocean City. And we do a sunrise service, and we've done that every year since. There's some years where we fog rolled in, you can't see the sunrise, but I said, by faith, we know the sun rose. <laughs> you know? Right. But, but being down there, I can tell because we do communion down there, and I have my back to the ocean, and the people gathered, and I can tell when the sun starts cracking over the horizon because I've lost them. And we've had dolphins jumping oh, out there wow. and, and everything. And it's just the power of thinking about that morning as the sun was beginning to crack over the horizon, these ladies going to this tomb and the stones rolled away. And it just puts a, a mood, an emotion mm-hmm. of celebration, of thankfulness in me that, man, that, that's a day that I can't help but celebrate. <laughs> that's yeah, that's absolutely. what it is. You know? yeah. We do the same thing. We have a, uh, an Easter sunrise celebration down at the end of Massey's, uh, Massey's Landing. We all go in and we wait for the sun to come up. And In the years that I've been in ministry, we've done it uh, every place I've been. Uh, I think one of the ones that was most memorable for me is we were standing out in the middle of a cornfield that had been plowed over in the snow. Easter was early that year. We had a lot of folks standing out there in the snow and (laughs) waiting for the sun to rise. And people of all ages, mostly older folks. And to see them, first of all, be willing to get up early in the morning and come out and stand in the snow and to be there. It is exactly as Mark said, it is that celebration. You can't go on, no matter how early you have to get up on Easter Sunday morning, as pastors, it's three, four o'clock in the morning sometimes, but no matter how early you get up, you cannot go through an Easter Sunday service without a smile on your face. Yeah, right. Because it is the great promise. It, right. it's, it's what we do. It, what's, yeah. It's that promise to all of us and to the people that we serve. Yeah. I like taking advantage of um, the excitement because everybody gets excited about oh, yeah. Easter. Yeah. Uh, church people get excited and and they like go kind of get out of their comfort zone. They're not afraid to invite other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right. non church goers, they're open. It's Easter. Of course, I'll come to church. Yeah. Yeah. So we love taking advantage of mm-hmm. maybe the you know both spectrums there, and we'll add another service. We'll have a Saturday night service, you know, and then three on Sunday just to create a lot of room. Uh, Honestly, we try not to make the service too different because we want them to come back and say, oh, this is the same. Something they can expect. You know, right, something yeah. they right. can expect. But uh, I love taking advantage of excitement. Cool. That's great. We, uh, to go along with our services, we, um, oh, my mother actually had a 
kind of like a, a dream from God, a vision to do um, Easter dramatic productions and plays. So Calvary's been doing uh, full stage dramatic productions for over 25 years wow. leading up My to goodness. Easter. And uh, we're talking about six nights of, you know, um, the biblical story yeah. being portrayed. And it's just a powerful time. I mean, our whole church gets behind it. Mm-hmm. It's a huge outreach for us. Um, we've seen hundreds to thousands of people get saved um, and give their life to Christ and even come to the church and now be a part of the plays. A lot of them actually gave their life to Christ through the plays mm-hmm. and are now in, on stage as well now. That's um, people come out from all over uh, Dover and, and the state to watch it and even out of state. So it's, it's a really cool um, way to pour in. That's why I was busy. As a kid, I, I wasn't bet. wasn't picking up <laughs> eggs. Uh, uh, I was cleaning chairs and setting chairs up instead, right. and uh, so we were kind of busy around that time. But that's that's how we at Calvary uh, do that: is we we celebrate by doing a full stage production, wow. and it's it's not something that everyone can do, but it's something that God directed us to do Wonderful. in our church. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's great to think about going one one day out of the year. You know, I, mm-hmm. I can probably carve that out of my calendar and make the time to go with my friends or show up with my family to church, right? I, yeah. can, I can get that done. But what about the rest of the year? What significance <laughs> do you hold for the resurrection throughout the rest of the year? How are you honoring it, or what are you doing to remember it or recognize it in your life? Every Sunday's resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what sure. we're there to celebrate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the resurrection. We're, we're celebrating what Christ did for us. And no matter what we're going through, you know, Monday through Saturday, we know he came out of that grave. Mm-hmm. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And he shares that with us. So it's celebrate on Sunday. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we can weep on Sunday, too. You know, there's other emotions that we have. But, yeah. you know, at the end, it's a celebration. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget... Jesus, it's not just a historical event. Jesus didn't just resurrect. His resurrection means he is. That's right. He's living. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as a preacher, uh, my message better come back to the fact that Jesus lives and he reigns mm-hmm. and he's with us, yeah. um, which brings the power. And he's interceding <laughs> for us. Uh, and at our church, uh, every every uh, Lord's Day, we actually take the time to do the Lord's Supper every week for that purpose because we feel we don't want anybody to forget because yeah. he did die and he did resurrect from the grave. Amen. Awesome. There's that old Methodist hymn, uh, I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. Mm-hmm. We, we try to live that each Sunday. We too celebrate the Lord's Supper every Sunday just to remind people and so that they don't forget, so that they don't become... You know the CEOs, Christmas, Easter, and other. Right. We want them to remember that it that it, this is something that we do 52 weeks a year, and it's a celebration. You know, if God wakes you up that morning, then you should be there and celebrate with the rest of us, Amen. or whatever the emotion may be. Right. You know, that's that's God calling us forth when He gets us out of bed in the morning. I was just recently thinking about this question, and I think that one of the greatest ways we can celebrate the resurrection is to go share our faith. Yeah. The reason why is because um, Mary and Martha left the tomb and right away they shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I think one of the best ways to for us to all celebrate that Jesus is alive is to go proclaim that. Mm-hmm. Very to good. To tell the world. Yeah. Well, I really want to thank each of you for being here, taking time out of your day to come discuss the resurrection and what that means to the individual, what it means to 
to the church as a whole and certainly to the entire community. And um, another organization that cares about our community is Mount Air Farms. Without them today, it wouldn't have been possible to organize this uh, pastor roundtable to discuss both the cross and the resurrection. And so as a thank you to them, you know, we've mentioned the Thanksgiving for thousands and the Thanksgiving at Easter specifically, but they have uh, fed over a million people over the last 25 years. It's just incredible. Um, So if you have a chance to get yourselves or your family or your church involved in that program, go for it. Highly recommend it. And then, of course, Boardwalk Plaza Hotel and Victoria's Restaurant is our normal podcast sponsor. We really appreciate what they do for us to keep us going. And as a listener, if you have enjoyed what you've heard on this podcast or the previous podcast about the cross, please be sure to share it with a friend, someone who you think might be seeking uh, the, the Lord in their life or just seeking for answers to straighten out some things that they're going through. You can download the Bridge mobile app and get our latest podcast episodes each week. And if you have questions about what you've heard today, or if you have feedback or a suggestion for other show topics, you can email podcast at 887thebridge.com. You'll also get complete show notes on our website at 887thebridge.com.